Good morning. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Trying to figure out if... <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning, hey y'all. Oh my goodness, welcome, welcome, welcome. Ooh, I see y'all coming in. As you come in, do me a favor. Go share the video, Facebook Live, YouTube Live. Grab your coffee, grab your tea, get your notepad. Ooh, as the Lord, the Holy Spirit ministers to us this morning. Um, I can't wait to pray together and to hear all the things that he will say to us and the, for those of you that are watching later what he will minister to you um later on today because god is that good and god is that faithful and we thank him for faithful endurance and we thank him for grace and i feel like i'm a little there we go now we're even good morning hey y'all um, I'm going to start sharing the video and you do me a favor and you start sharing the video as well. Hey, 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 hey. I don't know if that helped or not. <laughs> nope, it didn't. Oh my God. Okay, I think that's it. I think that's it. Good morning. Welcome YouTube Live. <laughs> Welcome Facebook Live. Welcome to our podcast family. Um, <laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning. I am tickling myself this morning. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing this morning? Oh, my God. It is a glorious Tuesday morning. And I am hailing from Arkansas. Um, tell me what city and state. Um, or just your state if you don't want to give your city. Chime in and tell me what state you're coming from. Um, so that we can welcome you um, this morning. I am, this is so funny. Um, this is so funny. Um, I'm tickling myself. Hey, George King from Harlem, New York. So grateful to worship with you today. Come on, y'all. Tell me. Tell me where you're coming from so we can get into the word this morning together. Ooh. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Y'all know I am full of thank yous. And if you are new to the devotional, do me a favor and drop. And if you're from Arkansas, tell me the city you're in. If you are new to the devotional, then drop that in the comments as well. Let us see where you're hailing from in Arkansas as well. I am always excited. We got Georgia in the house. I'm always excited to know where my people are from. When we worship together, we people now, right? Come on, North of the Rock, Arkansas. Hey, Natalie Jacksonville. Oh my God, I see all my people coming in today. Um, I love y'all so much. Come on, Georgia. Eastern Shore, Virginia. Come on, Eastern Shore, Virginia in the house, North Little Rock. Oh my God. We, oh, Colleen, Texas is in the house. Come on now, my male is in the house. Um, we got all uh, Kansas. Come on, we got Kansas in the house. We got Texarkana, Texas in the house. 
We worship. If you did not know that you worship with people all throughout the nation and the world, guess what? You worship with people all throughout the nation and the world. Naperville, Illinois is in the house. Come on, y'all. Magnolia, Arkansas is in the house. Union, New Jersey is in the house. Ooh! Glory to God for New Union, New Jersey being in the house. Lord, we thank you, Father God. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Come on now. Harlem is in the house. My God, Biloxi, Mississippi is in the house this morning with us. We thank God for Biloxi, Mississippi this morning. We thank God for Little Rock, Arkansas this morning. We thank God for his faithfulness to us this morning. And as you are here, guess what? Whatever city or state God has deposited you in, guess what you get to do? You get to pause and pray. Come on, Florida's in the house. Welcome, Florida, today. You get to pause and be the covering for your city or state or nation. So don't give up on your city, state, nation. Guess what? God sent you there. Oh, nothing. Don't start saying, oh, nothing good happens in Little Rock. No, everything good happens in Little Rock. Come on. You start praying for your city. You start praying for your nation. You be the change agent. You start praying for um, your people in your neighborhood. You be fully convinced that if you are there, then God is with you. Ooh, that encourages me this morning. You be fully convinced that if I am there, God is with me. Come on now. If I am there, God is with me. So I don't give up on my city. I don't give up on my state. I don't give up in the, on my nation. I don't give up in the word. I stand steadfast according to the word of God. And I'm the change agent. You got to see yourself as being a change agent. Well, I don't feel like a change agent. You are a change agent. As long as Jesus Christ dwells in you, you are a change agent. And he commissioned us and asked us, you know what, go and do greater works. Oh my God. Father God, give us the strength to go and do greater works lord god give us the ability to overcome what we see my god we got memphis in the house come on now atlanta you represent greatness god's goodness god's greatness in you you yield a sword you yield a shield you yield the word of god and as long as you are connected to something guess what his spirit walks in the door with you so there is no sense and you say oh there's nothing good that happens in palm Bluff." Oh, there's nothing good that happens in my city. No, everything is good because the Lord is with me. And if the Lord is with me, guess what I get to do? Pray his spirit. Ooh, I get to bring goodness. I get to bring change. I get to bring hope. Imagine if we started thinking from the perspective that the glass is half full instead of the glass is half empty. Imagine if we started thinking from the perspective that the greater work that he's doing in me is from the for the benefit of somebody else. Imagine if I start thinking from the perspective that I'm not just here to consume and to just live according to myself. I'm here to impact Ritman, Ohio. I'm here, Trish Baker, to impact. Come on, y'all. I'm here to impact Atlanta. You are an ambassador for Christ Jesus. And it is time for the kingdom to stand up. And then this is how strategic God is, right? He gave you a particular area, a particular gifting, a particular calling to influence. I remember last October when I went to a retreat and there was a young lady 
and she was living in New York and she was from Arkansas and we were just talking about her assignment. She said, you know, Miss Lakeisha, New York is so dark. And she said, I, but I know this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Ooh, that's heavy. She says, I know New York is so dark and she's called to the arts, right? She's performing arts. She said, I know dark New York is so dark. She said, but this is exactly where I'm called to be. Imagine if we start thinking from the perspective, Cheryl Powell, that I know my city may be dark, but this is where I'm called to be. I know my state. I know Mount Morris, Michigan. I know Flint, Michigan may be dark, but this is where I'm called to be. My dad in his late 60s who lives in Flint, Michigan, knows that he is called. He is out with food trucks every week. He is out serving the less fortunate. Um, he has ministry that ministers to the homeless, to prostitutes, to those that have been addicted to drugs, right? Like, because he knows this is where we are called to be. Some of us are looking for this monumental thing to happen in our life, really because we want to receive the glory. Oh, come on now. We want to receive the glory. We want to be seen. We want to be known. When prayer as our weapon, being invested, involved in our communities, serving the poor, taking care of the wills, those things that God asks us, the simple things, acting in love instead of judgment, instead of condemnation, acting as Christians are supposed to be, enduring as Christ called us to endure, keeping our eyes off people because the word of God reminds us again and again in his word, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Come on. We wrestling against a principality. So whatever it is that's been trying to charge and come in your region, baby, it's a principality. Ooh, it's something darker. It's a force. It's something that's trying to get you to focus on what you see instead of focusing on what you unseen. It's it, what's not seen. It's something. So when you are positioned in a city, in a state, in a nation, in a world, in a job, in a profession, come on, y'all got me stirred up this morning. You are not there by accident. You are on assignment. Can you put that in the comments this morning? I am on assignment. Ooh, my gifts are not just for my benefits. My gifts, gifts are not just for my prosperity. God put gifts inside of me for the good of somebody else. Ooh, he gave me the gift to teach, not for me to be famous. We're here to make Jesus famous. He put what's inside of me for the good of somebody else. And if I could ever get past my pain, and if I could ever get past my circumstances, and if I could ever get past my grumbling and complaining, Sir Phil, you on assignment. Cheryl Powell, you on assignment. Sonny Washington, you on assignment. My God, Sonny, you taking care of your father in his latter days. That's an assignment to the glory of God. Vanessa Rose, you are on assignment. My God. And if we would be like the children, remember the children of uh, Israel? Oh my God. When they were out in the wilderness, they were like, did the Lord leave us out here to die? The Lord ain't left you out nowhere to die, Natalie. Oh, come on now. The Lord ain't left
left you out nowhere to die, Tamika Thomas. The Lord ain't left led you out somewhere to die. Y'all Robinson, the Lord didn't lead you out somewhere to die, Sandra Island. The Lord didn't lead you out somewhere to die, Rosie Biley. The Lord didn't lead you out somewhere to die, Kim Yarley. That's not the God we serve. You are on assignment. You have an assignment for God. And if we could get refreshed and renewed in this, it's only the enemy. Can I tell y'all something? It's only the enemy that wants you to think that you're not important. You're on assignment. Can I tell you something? Your kids, another assignment. Your marriage, another assignment. Lord, help me to store it over the people, the persons, the things, and the places that you have assigned me to. My neighborhood, another assignment. I saw something going on in my block, on my neighborhood, and I know my kids have been trained effectively because as I was driving, it was some just sketchy behavior looking in my neighborhood, and immediately Judah J says, not in this neighborhood. Woo! Imagine if that becomes our attitude, the war against drugs, uh, the war, the war against uh, sex trafficking, the, the war on our job. What if we were the peacekeepers that brought the peace? Judah J came in. He said, not in my neighborhood. I was like, come on, son. He said, not in. He said, won't be in this neighborhood. Come on now. Won't be in my neighborhood. Won't be in my city. Won't be in my state. Won't be in my marriage. Won't be in my children. Imagine if we took that position. Ooh, and then we simply acted it all out in love. And we simply acted it all out out in service Ooh. and we learn to love one another and we learn to humble ourselves and we learn to serve what if we got the attitude not in this neighborhood not in my city not in my state not in my government and not in the world if the kingdom of God would ever rise up and stand up and get out of division and get out of strife we would win souls for the kingdom but we so divided ourselves we're so focused internal and on the wrong thing that we're missing the opportunity to serve like Jesus, to love like Jesus, to minister to those in need because we haven't taken the position yet, not in my neighborhood, not, not in my family, come on now, not in my bloodline, not for the generations, not for my grandsons. Oh, come on now. You got to get that not in my attitude. Say, I got to get a not in, not in my courthouse, not in my surgery room. Come on, y'all. My God, not in my school, not in my classroom. God has put me in the position and place to be the change agent. And I have to draw lines of boundaries and make a decision. You know what? I got to rise up and I got to stand up for something greater than myself. God didn't lead me to the place. I don't care if it's McDonald's. I don't care if it's Taco Bell. God didn't lead me to a place to let me die there. He led me to a place so that I can make a difference. Come on now. Not in my clinic. Come on now. My God, not in my children. My God, wherever God has called you to, you are there to be a community change agent to make a difference for the kingdom. You are not mistake. You are not an accident. You didn't haphazardly walk into your job, into your position, into your calling. You might have think you did, but can I tell you the spirit of the Lord, when we say, oh, it's something in me, or I just chose a profession, or I just decided to do this. No, the spirit of the Lord was leading you all along. You didn't haphazardly like to do hair. Come on now. 
God led you into this. God led you into medicine. God led you into education. God led you... Let, let you in the law. And I don't know why, but I want to pause and pray for all our legal professionals. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I lift up every lawyer, every um, uh, judge, uh, parole officer. Come on now. Anybody, police officer right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, down to people who issue traffic tickets, Lord God, right now in the name of Jesus. Every court official in the name of Jesus. Everybody connected to the legal field. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we lift them up. We cover them in the blood of Jesus. We thank you no weapon formed against them shall prosper. We thank you, Lord God, that you are giving them eyes to see and ears to hear. We thank you that you are giving them endurance and strength that they can run this way. So we thank you, Lord God, that they operate in character and integrity and that they will be the change agents in our legal system, Lord God. We thank you for every warden, my God, for every jailer, my God, for every officer connected to the prisons right now. We thank you that integrity is in our courts and our legal system. We bind, cut loose, lacerate every spirit of immorality that's been connected to our legal system. And we drive you out right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for a legal system that honors God. And we thank you, Lord God, that our officials that are believers that are in legal systems will not get weary in well-doing, Father God. And they will see themselves as an agent of change in Jesus' name. Amen. And whatever your profession is, if you are a social worker, if you work in community and health, that's your position. I'm the change agent. Stop worrying about whether or not it's all these other people. Go to the Bible. Get infused. Get encouraged. Remember Gideon, right? Oh, we be looking. Oh, I need a group of people. Gideon had a slew of army with him. And the Lord said, what I'm going to do, I'm not going to do through that many. Oh, come on now. You got to get that mindset. What I'm going to do, I'm not going to do through that many. He reduced Gideon to a little bitty small amount of people. Why? Because he wanted to get the glory. You got to stop seeing yourself as just going to work and in a position and in a place. You a vessel. You a vessel. As long as God got you and you got God, he can do a greater work. He can change a city. He can... Mother Teresa, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King, um, all these change agents that have been here in our world, a lot of them operated from a solo capacity. Oh my God. They just believed that what God put inside of them ooh, was worthy enough for God to use. Oh my God. What God put inside of them was worthy enough for God to use. You got to believe what's inside of you is worthy enough for God to use. Lord, I thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding to the hope of who you called us to be in Christ Jesus. Jesus, we are not useless. We are not wasteless. Lord God, every talent, every gift, give us the eyes to see how to use it for your glory. Thank you for divinely positioning us. Thank you for divinely positioning us today, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for providence. Nothing is coincidence. Thank you, Lord God, for every person that you put in our path and in our way. My God, Lord God, today, let us be sensitive to the Holy Spirit as you use us to change this world for your good. Ask the Lord, open my eyes to see what you don't see. Now, this, this makes sense. We've been talking about our gifts, and today we're going to focus on endurance. Woo! 
God has been infusing. We haven't even gotten to what the gifts are, but God has been infusing so much. Let me take a drink. God has been infusing so much in us. So today we're going to pray and we're going to talk about endurance. We're going to talk about endurance and I'm going to give you some scriptures to hold on to so that you can endure in your assignment so that you do not give up. So do you do not get weary in well doing. My God, can I tell you something? How precious you are if God called you to be I don't have anything. God just called me to be a mother. Do you know how precious you are? If God just, my motherhood, uh, my wifehood were like two of the greatest, my God, capacities that I've ever walked in, right? When um, I was able to be with my husband until he took his last breath, that is one of the most precious assignments. That was one of the most precious assignments that God gave and gifted me to be able to watch him take his last breath. It was one of the most precious assignments that God gave me to be able to care for him while he was here on this earth. It was a precious assignment for me to be able to be his wife in the time that I got to be able to be his wife. My children that God has given me, that's such a precious assignment that God has given me. So I I have to learn how to steward over my children. I need to know how to not get weary in well-doing where my children is concerned. When the test comes, when the intensity, I've got to become the measure of grace and God's love to my family. It don't make sense for me to love the world and not love my family. Those are precious assignments. So God called you, I'm just a mother. I'm just a wife. My God, what a precious assignment you have on this earth. You don't have to see the enemy will make you to think you need to start looking for other things to feel fulfilled, right? When the most precious assignment, oh my God, to love, to serve those in your house. That is a most precious assignment. So I'm going to pray for endurance. Oh my God. I thank the God for this word today. So let's talk about what endurance is first. Endurance. Come on y'all. It's the power of enduring, of staying, right? Of of being steadfast, of being immovable in an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving away. Ooh, come on now. The fact or the power. Endurance is the stick and stay when the situation is unpleasant, when the situation is difficult without giving away. Put that in your notes today. Put that in your comments. I have to stick and stay. And see, the plot and the plan of the enemy is to present the opposite He doesn't want you to stick and stay. He doesn't want you to be a change agent. He doesn't want your marriage to survive. He doesn't want your kids to to look at you and to call you blessed. He doesn't want the people in the community um, to love you. He doesn't want, he doesn't want that. His job is always to discourage you. Oh my God. But God wants you to endure, right? So that you can stick and stay, so that you can be unmovable. I've got to stick and stay. Oh, come on now. I've got to stick and stay. So when I endure, right, I have the capacity. Oh, come on. I love when the Lord talks to me in capacity. I have the capacity to last and with last or to withstand even in wear and tear. Oh. 
Come on, y'all. I done got excited this morning. Can I say that again? When I endure, come on, Tamika Thomas, confess that over yourself. I have the capacity to last or to withstand even the wear and tear. Ooh, even though I may be worn, even though it may not look like it may look like I'm tearing because of endurance inside of me. I have the capacity ooh, to stick and stay, to endure. I have the capacity. Who gives me this capacity? God gives me this capacity. That's why in Zechariah 4 and 6, it says, not by might, not by power. Not by my night, not by your strength. This getting ready to be done about my power. So when I feel like I'm about to give out, guess what I need? I need more of God's power. I need more of God's strength. Sunday, I shared a sip on strength, on supernatural strength. When you feeling like you about to tap out when you feel like you overwhelmed when you position yourself before the father he will do something for you and give you a supernatural strength so endurance is the capacity to last or withstand even if i'm wearing it tearing even if it's wearing and tearing out i'm a last and stand now Fear, ooh, false evidence appearing real. Y'all know how I feel about fear. God did not give us the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Second Timothy, come on now. God didn't give you fear. Say it, put it in my comments. God didn't give me fear. Well, there's, there's a certain amount of fear. Fear of the Lord, but God didn't put you in a position and a place for you to be fearful in your assignment, to be fearful in your motherhood, to be fearful in your fatherhood. Come on now. Lord, I thank you for raising up fathers. I thank you for raising up families. And I thank you for raising up marriages in Jesus' name. We got marriages not happening because people are afraid. Because people are afraid to make commitments. Because people have had divorces before. Because um, people messed up before. That fear. We need families in our communities. Come on. So God didn't give me fear. So fear. This is what fear does to confuse us. To keep us from enduring. Fear has a way of twisting, Sir Phil. Come on now. Logic or what we believe. Woo! Come on. Oh my God. Come on. Speak to us this morning, Holy Spirit. Fear has a way of twisting logic or what we believe. Fear comes in and it's going to twist and pervert what God says. It's going to twist and pervert. It's, fear is going to tell you you're not strong enough. Fear is going to tell you you don't have the capacity to do that. Fear is going to um tell you it's not going to happen. Fear is going to lie. Fear is going to tell you it's not good enough for you to happen. Fear's whole goal an assignment is to make it seem like it's impossible when God has already said it's it's possible. Oh my God. Ask yourself this morning, what has God already told me is possible that I'm allowing fear, anxiety, and worry to tell me it's impossible. If God called me to medicine, it's, it's possible. Come on now. My God. If God called me to education, it's possible. If God let me give or a Adopt babies, it's possible. Come on now. If God called me into education, it's possible. If God called me into ministry, it's possible. If God called me into hair care, it's possible. If God called me into physical fitness, it's possible. It's completely possible. Fear will twist, pervert to make you think that it cannot happen. That is not a God, right? It's the thing 
that tries to speak to your insecurity. Anytime you find yourself shifting or moving or at peace or walking in the fullness of what God called you to do, fear is going to tap into where you're insecure. Fear, fear is going to tap into where you rejected. Fear is going to tap into what you worry, right? Because fear is an assignment of the enemy and it tracks and traces and looks at what you put the most emphasis on. It also looks at where pressure has been applied before and what you rate run away from. Ooh, Meredith, fear is a thief. Fear is a thief. Fear is a deceiver. Fear is a liar. Fear tries to negate that what Jesus said and what the word of God says, right? Fear is a great. Uh, Genesis 2 and 18, it says, it's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to create a helper. Fear going to come in and tell you there is no helper or you are not called to help. Come on now. He told us in the Bible, the fruit of your womb will be blessed. Fear is going to tell you that your kids can't be blessed. Ooh, come on now. So when you fear is feeding you one perspective, you got to have faith. To feed you another perspective. Say, I got to have faith to feed me the right perspective. Because fear is going to feed you a tw twisted perspective. Telling you you can't endure. Telling you to give out. Well, you got to charge your faith up. And this is usually where we get weak, right? We don't cast down the wicked thoughts. We don't cast down the imaginations. We don't cast down the lies. God has already called us. God has already opened the doors. God has already spoken to us. And then as soon as we get in position and place, fear starts talking to insecurity. Worry, worry comes up. Anxiety comes up. And God tells us, I mean, and the enemy lies to us, telling us we can't be effective, telling us we can't be a change agent, telling us it's impossible for things to be healed and restored. No, that's a lie. If God positioned you and called you for it, he going to give you the grace, the endurance, the capacity, the resources, the funding. When I started having kids and we got to where we were at five kids, I was like, Lord, you got to provide if you put us in a position for five kids. Guess what? He has always provided for every last one of my kids. Why? That's the kind of God we have served. So we got to charge ourselves up. We got to say the opposite of what fear is saying. Romans 12, 1, present your body as a living sacrifice to renew your mind in the word. Oh my God, I got to position myself in the word. This is where you become helpless in your own strength and get the help that you need in the Word of God. Hebrews tells us the word of God is active, living. It's a sword. It's going to divide. You got to think of it from this. God is going to divide. The word of God is going to take away what's untrue and replace it with what's true. Woo! Thank you, Lord God, for the word of God. So let me give you some charge up. Let me give you some booster for your endurance this morning. You will not get weary in well-doing. Galatians 6 and 9. Let us not become weary in good, doing good. Woo! Come on, y'all. My God, I was having this conversation with Judah. He's like, Mama, sometimes I get tired of being the one to do always do the right thing. I said, I know. I understand it. I get it. Right? I said, but at a proper time, you're going to reap a harvest if you do not give up. Good things take work. Woo! A good marriage takes work. Woo! A good job takes work. Woo! Come on now. Good things take work. You better put that in your notes today. Good things take work. Woo! 
Good things don't just haphazardly happen. Good things happen because good things take work. Good things take work, right? Think about it from a place of a seed that's planted. My my God, we talk all on the seed. Good things take work. If the marriage going to be good, if the family going to be good, it takes work. Oh, my God. My God. And then some things will not happen until the seasons come. Oh, my God. Until the seasons come. Some things will not happen until the seasons come. Good things take work, right? Hebrews 12 and 1. This is where you got to run. You got to run with perseverance. Oh, my God. Come on, y'all. Lord, I thank you for the word today. You got to run with perseverance. Say, I got to learn to persevere. Perseverance means continual grace to the end. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily tangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. This is what I love about the cloud of witnesses. This is why I think it's so important for you to share your story. This is why I tell y'all so much of my journey. There's nothing like having someone else who can witness and testify to the goodness of Jesus. The word doesn't need anything else. But when I hear someone else's story of how they overcame as a single mom or how they overcame as a widow or how they overcame as a woman in the gospel or how... When I hear somebody else's story, my God, it charges me up because God is no respecter of person. If he did it for them, guess what he gets to do? He's going to do it for me as well. So I have a cloud of witnesses. The word of God is a cloud of witness. He says, therefore, since I'm surrounded by a great cloud of witness, let me run. Let me do this thing with continual grace to the end. And when I feel like I can't do it anymore, come on y'all. When I feel like I can't do it anymore, guess what you got to start asking yourself? Ooh, what is really standing in my way? Ooh, come on y'all. What, what am I focused on that's making me feel like I have to give up? What am I focused on that's making me feel like I need to quit. And if I start asking questions, the spirit will start speaking and tell me, you need rest. It could be something simple. You need rest. You tired. You need rest. <laughs> could be something like you need more water. Could be something like you need to go see the doctor, right? What is making me give up? Could be you got the wrong mindset. Come on. Where is my focus? What is standing in my way? And is what's standing in my way really real? Is this really real? Or has God given me the strength and the grace to overcome? What's making me want to give up on my marriage? What's making me want to quit on my children? What's in the way? Oh, my God. Right, my God, I thank you for this word. Philippians 4 and 13. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. God wants you to endure the Christ in you. See, the responsibility isn't on me. A couple weeks ago, I was, man, stretched thin. Somebody say stretched thin. I'm talking about stretched thin. My capacity was stretched thin. I'm talking about stretched, 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 stretched. Operating in my assignment in ministry. Um, helping Josiah with this musical, dealing with Judah with the season where he was in, my capacity was stressed thin. And I felt like I was running out. I did. I felt like I was running out. And I was sitting there one day and the Lord was like, you, this is a supernatural strength you need from me to carry this out. 
You can't do this in your own strength. He told me to rest, water, eat. He said, but this is a supernatural strength. You're going to need for me to carry this out. So I had to begin to mutter, to meditate the word of God, even at a different intensity, so that I could have the capacity to finish. And then as soon as Josiah got to finish with the musical, I just slept. Why? Because I knew that was the wisdom I needed so that I didn't give out. Woo, come on now. It's supernatural and it will not make sense. Romans 5, 3, and 4. You can do, oh my God, so you can do hard things, right? You can do hard things. You don't make yourself good enough. God makes you good enough. That's back it up, Philippians. You don't make yourself, you got to put that in your thoughts. I don't make myself good enough. God makes me good enough. God makes me strong enough. God gives me the energy. God renews my strength. That's often like when people ask me, what can I pray for you? And I'm always like, pray my strength. The reason I'm saying pray my strength is because then I'll get the supernatural grace that I need that can only come from above to help me to endure in the assignments that God has given me. God will fill in your not enoughs. Come on now. If we ever get revelation, whatever you don't feel like you have enough of, God will fill in your not enoughs. I don't have to have enough because God will fill in my not enoughs. God will renew my strength. God will give me the grace. God will give me the power. God will refresh me. God will restore me. Come on now. Romans 5, 3, and 4. Perseverance is going to produce something in you. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character. Woo! Hope. Can I tell you something? We, the journey makes a difference. Woo! Come on. The journey makes a difference. Put that in your note today. The journey makes the difference. It's not just getting to the end result. Woo! Say it again. It's not just getting to the end result. We are so goal-oriented and so goal-centered that we forget that the journey makes the difference. The journey, the journey is as important as the destination, the journey, the journey, what I do, the journey makes the difference as well. There's a reason for the process. Instead of focusing right on anyone else, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, we wrestle against principality. We got to remember, right, that the Lord is trying to produce something in me. And so instead of focusing external, well, what is wrong with them? And what are they trying to do? And I hope I they see this. Your focus really should be, Lord, what are you trying to teach me in this? What are you trying to teach me in this? What are you trying, if I'm, in, if I'm going through affliction, if I'm going through something right now, and your word says, glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. Instead of me focusing on everybody else around me, instead of me trying to prove something to every, everybody else around me, what am I needing to grow from? What do I need? What am I, what are you trying to teach me? What do I need to learn from this? What are you trying to do? in me. Woo! What are you trying to do in me, Lord? Not what are you trying to do in every else? 
What are you trying to do in me? What do I need to see? Open the eyes of my understanding to the hope of who you call me to be in this season. What do I need to know? What do I need to learn from this? Because your word says glory in my sufferings. My suffering is going to produce perseverance. Perseverance is going to produce character. Character is going to build hope. So instead of me focusing on everybody else, instead of me focusing on what I don't have, instead of me focusing on what's going on, I need to gain some understanding. What are you trying to do through me, right? Because remember, the spirit produces fruit. So when the Holy Spirit is doing a greater work in me, it's going to produce something in me. Ooh, come on, y'all. My last Got two more things. One, Deuteronomy 3.18. Remind yourself, I'm not alone. Woo! I'm not alone. The enemy, can I tell you something? And physically, with people, you may seem like you're alone. God was ministering to me this morning about people who are not connected to my life. He was just ministering to me. And he was saying to me, he said, what if I don't want them in your life? What if, what if they don't need to be in your life in this season? What, what, if, what if what's going on with them could be a hindrance to you? What if if this person being connected to you would not be good for you? Oof. What if these these people um, would confuse you? What like he was just ministering to me this morning? What if they what if they would drag you down and pull you away? What if I don't want them in your life right now in this season? And so he'll remind you, I'm, you're not alone. Deuteronomy three and eighteen. You're not doing this. You're not doing this by yourself. That's part of our problem. We take on so much stuff and start saying we we act as if we're operating by ourselves. And God is like, you're not alone. You're not by yourself. I'm in this with you. If I called you to this, I'm in this with you. Ooh, put this in your comments. I cannot leave God out of this. I could not leave God out of my marriage. I cannot leave God out of my parenting. I cannot leave God out of the ministry, the business God has called me to. That's probably been my problem. When I feel taxed, when I feel like I'm misunderstood, when I feel like I'm... Because I've been leaving God out of this. I cannot leave God out of this. Because God is trying to be in it. He assigned you to it. He called you to it. Come on. So we cannot leave it. That's one of the biggest lies of the enemy. Because he wants you to feel stuck and alone. Deuteronomy 3 and 18. The Lord himself goes before you. And he will be with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Do not be afraid. And do not be discouraged. God is with you. Just make sure you're bringing him into it. Make sure you're letting him go before you and lead you. My God, make sure you don't leave and forsake him and ask him, how do I bring you into this? What does this look like with you in this? What does this look like with you in my marriage? Because culture, uh, past experiences hurt. All those things can cloud the vision. What does this look like with you in my marriage? What does this look like with you helping me raise my kids? You're not a single parent. You co-parent with God. What does this look like with you in my business? How do you want me to do this business? What does this look like with you in my clinic? What does this look like with you as the lead teacher? You're the lead teacher and I'm just following your example. What does it look like? Because you have already told me I'm not alone. And then my final thought process for us to meditate. Wait, one more. Psalms 121 and 1 and 2. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. 
which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, right? I'm going to look to the one who made me. I'm going to look to the one who made my husband. I'm going to look to the one who made my children. I'm going to look to the one who made my bosses, my supervisors, the people that I work with. I'm going to look to them because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of theirs. I don't care if they don't believe. I don't care if they don't believe like I believe. The earth is still the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I don't care if they don't agree. The earth is still the Lord and the fullness of theirs. So I'm going to bring God in this to teach me how to deal with this and to teach me how to live. I'm going to look to the one who made me. Woo! Come on now. That last thing, you need to think from an internal, eternal perspective. I got to start thinking from an eternal perspective. I've been thinking too temporary. Ooh, come on, y'all. I've been thinking too temporary. I got to start thinking from an eternal perspective. I cannot afford to keep thinking about this thing from a temporary perspective. I've got to start thinking from an eternal perspective. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is on unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Our identity is in Christ Jesus. That is the biggest picture. My identity is in Christ Jesus. That is the biggest picture. My God. So if my identity is in Christ Jesus, guess what I should be having? I should become more loving. I should become more joyful. I should become more peaceful. Why? Because those are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. When I'm spending time with God, the fruit should be at work in my life. When revelation is in my heart, I have to remind myself, whatever I'm focused on is only part of the picture. That's it. Woo! Woo! That's it. That's it. That's it. That's your scriptures. That's how you're going to endure. That's how you're going to push through. That's how you're going to remember and remind yourself according to whatever assignment he's called you to. Come on now. Woo! Lord God, I thank you that you're going to give me the strength to endure. Father God, I thank you for your faithfulness to this people. I thank you will not be distracted by what we see. We drive out discord, strife, <laughs> anything that is not reality, Lord God. Open our eyes. Give us hear, ears to hear. Father, we drive out offense. Lord God, we thank you that you are healing our hearts so that when we hear others speak to us, we don't hear in our pain. We don't hear in our hurt. We hear with a sound mind and sound judgment in Jesus' name. Help us. And give us your strength to endure. In Jesus' name, amen. Meditate these scriptures. Meditate this word. He just charged you up. Woo! My God, he just charged you up. Meditate these scriptures. Meditate this word. Chew on this devotional. Go back and replay it. Go look at the podcast. Go remind yourself what the word says. And when the enemy is trying to get you to tap out, remind yourself of today's truth. I'm not going to get weary and well-doing. My strength that lies in me is in Christ Jesus. I'm not in this thing alone. Ooh, 
the greater one is doing at work in me. Oh my God. If God is for me, who can be against me? And then I'm going to bring God in on this. And if I'm enduring something, oh my God, I need to ask myself, Lord God, what are you trying to teach me in this? What are you trying to teach me in this? Ladies, 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 Bible study tonight. If you local, come visit us in person, 7 p.m., um, 300 River Market Drive, Suite 105. We'll be there tonight. Um, cannot wait to see what God does as we worship and pray together. We're working through a book, More Than Happy. And I know God wants us to live in a state of joy. Why? Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We are back in the morning, Wednesday. Um, live, Instagram only. Can't wait till God continues to share with us. You can also watch Bible study via Zoom. So get the Zoom, watch us via Zoom. Oh my God. We thank you for grace. We thank you for peace. Uh, we thank you for love. This Saturday, Feed the Streets, we had to put it off last Saturday because of the rain, the storm. So see you next Saturday. See you Saturday for Feed the Streets. Come join us. If you can't be there, give a donation. Um, the more money we get, the more people we're going to feed. That's just what this ministry does. Father God, we thank you for your work. If the Lord places it on your heart to give, do me a favor. Go give. Woo! LMJministries.org. You can give there. Cash app us. Dollar sign. L-M-J-M-I-N-I-S-T-R-Y. And you can find out all the ways we give into our community. Not just locally, but globally. This is my last final thing. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, can you do me a favor? This is your moment. If you feel that, can I tell you Jesus is real? I was a hot mess. How do I know Jesus was real? I was a hot mess. Nobody can transform me into what I am today, but God is so, he's so real. He's so real. And when I let him into my life, all the darkness, all the ugliness, all the struggle, he took away. And then as I began to get built up in his word, woo, I could walk in my new, new. I was so ugly, so mean. Woo, I can still sometimes feel the residue. And I ask Jesus for my holiness, His to give his holiness. So if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want you to repeat after me. This is for you. Dear Jesus, woo, I'm asking you to come into my life. To take away my sins. I promise to love and follow you best I can. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. If you prayed that prayer, send me, the, send me an email. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to send you a Bible. I'm going to send you some tools so that I can continue to disciple you. I don't want you in the kingdom out here by yourself because the enemy will try to lie to you. I love you. I love you. But more than anything, God loves you. He does. And I want you to do me a favor. We are supposed to be extension of his love. Go be loved today. Let somebody else experience the love of God through you. And I'll see y'all back here in the morning. Instagram live. Love, peace, and blessings. Woo! Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord God. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithfulness.